0: This morning, the scripture reading is from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. The word of Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I, annoyed, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This morning we are very privileged to have Dr. Chong Xiaofong to come and share and speak to us. He is the principal of STM, uh, Saramban, and uh, he and the team we're here for the uh, blessing, the Thanksgiving uh, ceremony over the weekends. So this morning, um, his uh, sermon topic is I Knew You. Uh, Dr. Chong was uh, were here uh, before, uh, but today he's here as a, uh, he is a principal of STM, as the first time speaking to us. So welcome, Dr. Chong.
1: Brother Bong Ming, if I'm wrong (laughs) Uh, It has been four years, the last time I came I I came to give a course for the TEE students down in FMC, so FMC is not really unfamiliar to me, I'm really looking forward to coming back here and the last time when we uh, when I conversed with Reverend Lenita, it was last year, end of last year and time flies and you are Now I'm here, right? So thank you for the hospitality. You are very warm. And I always feel like I'm more than at home in Kuching with FMC friends around, you know. And always uh, you have a feeling like when you come to Kuching, you're going to gain some kilo of weight before you go back. (laughs) Such a Kuching uh, hospitality. So uh, yeah, I'd like to share with you from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10 today the theme that i have given i knew you um, when we talk about theological education sunday I, I think it's good that the church allocate a sunday dedicated to think about theological education not in not only in a sense of um, um think, giving support to this ministry but also for general christian community to understand the significance of theological education as a christian education ministry to the entire christian community Um, so whenever we talk about theological education inevitably because it focuses on the ministry of seminaries and bible college we have that kind of feeling that uh, we're talking about a special calling to be so-called a full-time christian worker as in a pastor or missionary that you're gonna like work uh, uh, eight hours a day, six days a week, uh, uh, or sometimes more than that, right? Uh, And purely for the ministry of uh, Christian uh, uh, churches and organizations. Um, I would like to begin to talk about this thing about calling. What does it mean to appreciate uh, what is actually calling in that sense? Let me show you the picture of this beautiful lady here. I don't know if any one of you know her. I mean, when I was young, this is uh, one of the most popular Taiwanese movie stars, right? Okay. Uh, her name is Joan Lin. In Chinese, Lin Feng Jiao. You it? Oh, so if you know Lin Qin Bridget Lin, you should know Joan Lin. <laughs> because in those days, they are like two of the most popular actress in Taiwan, right, okay and uh, John Lin has a rather humble beginning in her life, I remember as a teenager a young boy, uh, those days uh, when you imagine what your future wife is like, these are the model uh, right, okay, uh, so thank God that my wife also looks something like that <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I, I hope she is listening online <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I remember when I was in those days and you read entertainment magazine, I read an article where a reporter actually made an interview with Lin Feng Jiao and um, asked her, hey, uh, have, you, have you always been wanting to be an actress and a celebrity, a movie star? And Lin Feng Jiao answer the reporter honestly and basically I say, actually, I never thought about that. My first ambition has always been wanting to be a bus attendant. You know, bus attendant, uh, uh, I mean, if you have taken bus before. Nowadays, young people seldom take bus already, you know. But in the younger days, I take bus to school, uh, right? And every day in you know, the bus there, other than the driver, you have a guy who sells you ticket, right? Uh, and sort of uh, attend to the passenger and all this. Uh, so, so Lin said, um, initially, I wanted to be, my first ambition was wanting to be a bus attendant. Why? Because during her younger days, she, she, she come out from a rather poor family background and he lives in the outskirts of Taiwan in a rural area. And every day, he, he, she takes public transport to school and back. And one fine day, she got onto the bus to go home and realised that she doesn't have enough money to pay for the bus fare. Right? Have that happened to you before? It happened to me. One day I went to the bus stop. I realised that I overspent and I don't have enough money to get on the bus. So I walked all the way home, uh, two miles Right. yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, for, for, for Ling Feng Jiao he, she didn't realise it until she gets on the bus and she finds that I don't have enough money to pay for the bus fare, and for a young kid uh, that's kind of a scary thing don't you think so, uh, will I be embarrassed, will I be chased down from the bus or anything like that such an embarrassing thing isn't it Right. Uh, so so she she sort of uh, in a very shy tone uh, or, or, or tell the bus attendant who is a lady that um, I'm sorry I, I don't have enough bus fare and to her surprise the, the, the lady bus attendant actually very gently asked her where she is going to get down, didn't charge her the bus fare and even uh, pressed the bell uh, for her to go down at the place and because of that kindness that she experienced from this bus attendant she told herself one day I want to be a bus attendant too, to be the saviour of the world, right? <laughs> you get what I mean? So sometimes we, we find that in our life, there, there is a point of time perhaps that there is a voice in our heart that tells us what we want to do with our lives. I think we all experience that at one point of our life as perhaps, right? If not, hopefully today it happens to you. Right? So it, the English word vocation, that refers to the work that people engage in uh, daily uh, or sometimes we use the word occupation ah. but i think occupation is quite a naughty word don't you think so occupation is like occupy occupy you just you're just occupying some space that's all you, you know what i mean right so it, instead of that you have vocation vocational it has a skill sense and things like that so the word vocation is often used in english to refer to a kind of a working job that the person takes uh, that demands certain skills and knowledge and things like that and thus you have vocational schools and things like that to train people to take up some profession uh, in a technical sense and if we study the, the, the linguistic closely the word vocation even in the Christian church when we say vocation uh, it may mean the calling to be a pastor no? Right? Uh, in the medieval times right? Uh, so so the, the vocation, if we study the linguistic, the, the origin of the word has a bit of connection with vocal, which means voice. Right? So it's like saying what I want to do with my life in contribution to the, towards a society seems to be a calling in the heart that moves people to that direction. There's a certain motivation at a certain point of life that tells us that, gee, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that, right? Uh, in a Christian sense, we often refer to vocation or calling as a kind of a specific urge or specific directive, perhaps divine, to sort of move us towards a direction of what we call full-time Christian ministry. Or for that matter, I maybe, maybe if I may borrow the word Vocational Christian ministry. That means you take the Christian ministry up as a job, to be a pastor, to be a missionary, to be a church worker, to be a, 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 a vo- what you call a worker in a Christian organization of a special purpose, you know that kind of thing. So you devote your life at least eight hours a day six days a week or something like that to a profession that is totally related to Christian work. However, in a general sense, I would like to remind all of us that we are all called to be full-time Christian. Do you get that? Uh, Other than you say, oh, become full-time Christian worker, want to become pastor and missionary and so on and so forth. Don't forget now, all of us who come to God's grace and benefited from the gospel, we are all called to be full-time Christians, no matter where you are, what you are doing. Teacher, lawyer, accountant, engineer, government servant, politician, students, uh, housewife or homemaker, you can be a You are a full-time Christian. God has called us all to be full-time Christian, full-time servants of God in our own position wherever we are. I think we need to understand that too. There is another perspective of God's calling that we can look at. So for that matter, wherever you are today, brothers and sisters, you are called to serve God as a Christian full-time. There is no part-time Christian. You cannot say, Sunday only I'm a Christian, other day I'm not or when I come to prayer meeting I'm a Christian, other day I'm not That there is no such notion as far as Christianity is concerned Right? God has called us to be full-time Christian so in terms of the calling uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 to 10 is a narrative about Jeremiah's calling to be a prophet God's calling came to him at a young age um, as I search for graphics or uh, pictures for, for, for this particular passage. I come across, you know, when you Google uh, the calling of Jeremiah in, uh, in try to find images you'll find a lot of images that, that depicted Jeremiah as a middle-aged person with beard or even old age very long beard there, like very old already I think that's not really a right picture. Because in this narrative, it's very clear that Jeremiah says, I am very young, right? Okay? And in the Hebrew original text, uh, in, the, in the Hebrew text, the word used is Na'ar. I am a Na'ar. A Na'ar is something like a young kid, right? I am just a kid. Which means probably age between 12 to 18 teenage days. Right, high school age So it is in that kind of age that he received his calling This young man, Jeremiah, received the calling from God To serve God at a very young age So in verse 4, he says, it says here The word of the Lord came to me Now, this can be quite a scary thing, you know Today, if we sit around at home sometime, then suddenly you hear a voice. Huh? That can be quite a scary thing. Don't you think so? Now, the big question he, here is, did Jeremiah hear an audible voice? Did he really hear it? Or is this a figurative speak, speech, you know what I mean? Talking about hearing God. Because we can hear God in so many ways. In our daily Bible study, when we are praying, when we are talking with another Christian, or even non-Christian, the non-Christian also can give you some idea of what God wants you to do, right? Okay. Uh, yesterday, Brother Moore was with me in dinner, and then we share again. She got she got testimony again. Yeah, there's so many way that God would speak to us. So it's not so clear. Um, Jeremiah did not really go deep into detailing and describing how he hear this. He just said, the word of the Lord came to me. This is an Old Testament prophetic formula. Huh? Right? So it's it, it always repeated by prophets right? to say that uh, the Lord has given me the word. So the first step of the calling is God spoke to us. And for Jeremiah, he seems to be very sure that this is God's voice. I think it is probably not the first time he has heard this from God. He must have, he must have experienced or developed such a close relationship with God that he has no doubt that it is God speaking to him. So I think that is a lesson for all of us. Too. For us to discern God's calling, we need to develop a deep sense of relationship with God then we will be very clear that God is speaking to us. Then the next verse in verse 5, to me is the theme of uh, what I'm trying to share with you. And I love this verse. I just love this. Chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Uh, Okay? And then before... You are born, right? You are, you are born, I set you apart. So basically, God knew, God knows us through and through, and God knows Jeremiah. And he just tells him, and this is this is in a poetic sense. Okay? And say, so I knew you and I set you apart. There are two were uh, up there, one knew, I, I knew you, I, I, I knew you through and through. It may mean that I knew, know your gifts, your weaknesses, and so on and so forth. And on the other hand, I made you special. I set you apart for something that is very special. The initiative comes from God. And what is the purpose? God say, I appointed you as the prophet to the nations. This is His purpose For Jeremiah, you are going to be a prophet not only to your own people but to the nations as well. And we see in the book of Jeremiah later that he actually proclaimed oracles to the nations around them as well. Not only to Judah and to Israel. So the calling has come and Jeremiah is very sure that this has come from God. And the purpose that God has called him has come ringing clear to him. Dear brothers and sisters, God would have a special purpose for your life too. I think all of us need to go back to him and discern and ask him to tell us, what would you have us do, Lord? What is your special purpose in me? right Now, And uh, having said that when we encounter this kind of calling it, like i said it can be a very scary thing you know uh, i think a logical reaction like what jeremiah had done is are you sure you want me say i do not know how to speak i am too young naar anoki i am just a youth i'm just a kid i don't know how to speak uh, in another sense today it might be like hey the, that brother there who always this service maybe he's better yeah, the, the sister who in the choir one uh, he, i mean i think he she's better than me why are you looking for me you sure you want me you, you know what i mean okay uh, so so we when we when we face a calling from god that seems to be a reasonable and rather logical response But that is a positive response because like Jeremiah, he wanted to do it. I think he is not saying I don't want to serve you, Lord. He's saying, gee, I I I don't think I'm prepared. I don't think I'm equipped enough. Right? Something like that. And he he, he is expressing to God that hey, I I he's not giving excuses, he's just saying expressing how he feels he's inadequate. I have the same experience In April Last year I started to take up the office As a principal of STM And that's exactly how I feel Na'ar Anoki Uh, You may say Hey, Dr. Chong, come on uh, You have studied theology You have done this And then you have a vast corporate experience And things like that I come from a corporate world I only come to begin to uh, respond to God's calling and go into ministry and study uh, uh theology nearing fifty. My age, uh fifty. Okay. Right? So so you say, hey come on, uh Dr. Song, I think you should be okay what? But that's exactly how I feel. Leading a spiritual organization is not the same as leading any corporate organization. Uh, right? And I shared that with Bishop Yong, I shared that with a lot of my colleagues and elders. I don't have all the solutions. Please help me. Na'ar Anoki. I think responding to the calling of God, we can be honest about our inadequacy as long as we are positive about saying, Lord, I want to serve you, but I don't think I'm ready. You know, that kind of thing. And you know how God answered him? God answered him, I mean, verse 7 to 10, I'm going to just cut it short. Do not say, I am too young. Do not say, Na'ar Anoki. I have put my words in your mouth. God put his hand, cover Jeremiah's mouth, and say, I am going to put the words in your mouth. Same like Isaiah, when he said, I am unclean, I have unclean lips, and I live among unclean people. And the seraphim brought the burning coal and touched his lips. You are cleansed. Right. Same as Jesus Christ when he is going to ascend into heaven and he tells his disciples, go and be, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Go and be my witnesses. And in Matthew chapter 28, "Lo, I will be with you always to the end of the age. God doesn't just call a person and just leave you to do the job and then he go and drink coffee. There is not God. God will always be there and it is not about you, it's about me. When God call us, it's not about us, it's about God. It is God's ministry we need to learn to trust God for it. So, the equipment, the equipping will come from God and we need to be humble enough to go to Him and say, Lord I am too young and we are not talking about young only in a matter of age and in many ways I think if God were to approach us and say I want you to do something all of us regardless how old or, or experienced you are, we will in a way feel like we are very young and inadequate, and we will rely on God to actually equip us. So let's analyze this. So, when God's calling comes, so maybe this one uh, can be the symptom we use. Uh, this is like self test kit. Uh, right? Okay? You know, the symptoms that you can see whether you are actually experience God's calling. Uh, number one, when God's calling comes, uh, you hear something or you feel something. You know? Suspicion, hey, is this really God? Ah? Ah, that's what Jeremiah experienced. Oh. Then once you realize maybe we will talk to people, right? Hey, I think uh, God is calling me to do this and that and so on and so forth. And then you more or less, more or less confirm that time. Then the feeling of fear and uncertainty will come. Wait, can I do it or not? Ah? You sure ah? should this one want me to do? Ah? Then we'll probably begin to ask God, are you are you really sure you want me? Ah? You know, um, I think I'm not, not really that good, you know, that kind of thing. And may God affirm you that yes, it's not about you, it's about me. Don't worry, it's my ministry. I'm going to see to it as long as you. This is like uh, offering a partnership to you uh, and you want to sign and accept or not, right? Okay. So I think in the course of our life, we might have actually turned down quite a lot of this offer. Unfortunately, right? So if you accept, then you need to make a decision. There's a decision and action to make to say. In the case of Jeremiah, he accepted that calling and he lived a life as God's servant and go down in history as a great prophet of God, right? And uh, one thing, perhaps, that I realized from this through my own experience is, calling is not like a once, uh, it once upon a time thing. I think this is going to be like a cycle in our life. And we got a calling, then we decide we accept. Sometime later, it suddenly there is another calling that asks you to do something else, and things like that. And it just will go on and on and on in our life, and we have to continue to be observant and discerning. And uh, 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 Pastor's prayer just now was really powerful on that discerning of God's calling. Uh, the decision, uh, the choir sang beautifully, Use me, Lord, an expression of decision. This will continuously be the experience of a full-time Christians in our lives. Continually, God will call us. So, can you hear God's calling? Sometimes God's calling comes in a very unexpected way. Very extraordinary calling, but it may come on a very ordinary day while you are doing your very ordinary daily work. Okay, and it may come. So, like Elijah, when he was seeking God, when he's so depressed, he's hoping to hear from God the comfort, the assurance, and things like that. God's voice did not come through all the great, great stuff, earthquake, fire, volcano, eruption, whatnot, but comes after all that in the form of a gentle whisper. In the uh, Hebrew word, actually, it's a rather redundant language that says sound of silence. Yeah, like the title of the Simon and Garfunkel song. <laughs> Sound of silence, a kind of a contradicting description. How can you have sound against silence? And dear friends, that's probably the most beautiful that thing that can happen in your life as far as your relationship with God. In your silence, suddenly you hear God's voice. You know what I mean? And then, do you hear it? Can you hear God's calling? And if you do, uh, so it will be like some of these people that I have read how they actually got to hear God's voice. You probably have heard of Hudson Taylor. At the age of about 15 years old, when he was attending Sunday school, suddenly he has this thing pumped into his heart Go to China for me. Uh, well, he did not explain how he actually heard that, but as a 15-year-old teenager, suddenly in US, huh? and this is like, you know, at a time when uh, you don't really have a lot of uh, information about China in America.? Okay? So he started to study about China, the culture, the language, the geography, in preparation, because he heard that voice, "Go to China for me." And he ended up a missionary to China and establish the China Interior Mission uh, historical missionary move that bring mission work away from the coastal area and deep into the inland provinces of China. And uh, I think until today uh, uh, Hudson Taylor already up to like fourth generation, uh, the fourth generation uh, descendant of Hudson Taylor, great 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 grandson, right? is still a missionary in Taiwan, married a Taiwanese, spoke, sp- speak fluent Chinese, right? Mandarin, and they're still serving the Chinese community, right? Uh, so that's Hudson Taylor. I want to share with you another person by the name of Jim McCloskey. I mean, I, I have a lot of this. Testimony, but I just select these two. Jim McCloskey is someone that I met in Princeton when I was doing my Master of Theology in Princeton Seminary. McCloskey is a Princeton alumni. He he was a naval officer. Uh, Let me me check. Uh, Yeah, he was a naval officer until retirement. Uh, of course, the u s Navy right uh, if i 'm not wrong he 's in the intelligence you know NCIS I mean if you watch the series, right? he was in the naval intelligence for until retirement, and after the retirement, he became a naval operations consultant uh, to the corporate shipping line and all this you know and so, so he 's a third career third career person who gave his life to God for full-time ministry, right? He heard that calling and went to Princeton to do Master of Divinity in preparation for ministry. And while he is doing Master of Divinity in in Princeton, (coughs) he go for internship to a penitentiary. I mean, here we call it prison now. In the U.S., they will have a way of making the name very nice to reflect what they're doing, right? So you go and do, do a, a prison ministry la for internship, uh, a field education, la, uh, practical. So uh, Princeton Seminary has a ministry in a nearby state penitentiary in New Jersey, right? So, so, so every week, uh, McCloskey would go to the prison and see some of these prisoners and minister to them and so on and so forth. So during his first year in MDF, when he do this internship, he, he does this internship. he, he, he goes to, go to the penitentiary and he always meet up with a Hispanic uh, inmate. So this Hispanic inmate, every time when he meet him, he will repeat the same thing: "I am innocent. I am innocent." And he is convicted for murder, okay, and life imprisonment. Huh? OK. And he repeated that for almost half a year. And McCloskey began to feel, could it be that he's really innocent? If that is the case, then we have done a misjustice to a person, right? So after much praying and struggle, after his first year of seminary, he deferred his study for one year, spent his own money, research and then find a lawyer to help this Hispanic and basically he actually cleared this inmate of the charges and return him his innocence, right? So from then on, he found his calling. He continued his study, finished his MD and he started this ministry called the Centurion Ministry. The ministry is still going on. Huh? McCloskey has retired, but somebody else has taken over taken over. So basically they have a foundation with people donating money for them to go and seek out for these people who are innocently put in jail for crime that they did not commit and they are committed to do that. And why a centurion, I mean you will remember uh, in Mark's Gospel, I think there is that, that centurion who stand and watch Jesus die on the cross and say, surely this is the Son of God. Right? Okay, so so, he, his ministry. In the case of Jim McCloskey, his calling comes from a prisoner. You, you see that? Uh, so, in, every, in, in, in the course of our daily life, there may be so many channels that God can communicate to us. We need to be observant and sensitive to what he has to say to us. As Price calling is concerned. And another thing we can realize from Jim McCloskey is he's a third career guy like me, he only go to the seminary to begin his uh, theological study at around age 50. That's what happened to me too. I only go to the seminary and begin full-time study and preparation for ministry at the age of 50. And And I always pray to God I say, if I'm Moses You gave Moses 40 years in the palace 40 years in the wilderness So now I'm I'm basically uh, By 50 So I hope that I got another At least one third Of my life for you You know what I mean? Right? Uh, So I pray, Lord Give me until 80 at least So that I can give another 30 years to you Right? Uh, So I think the prayer is going to come true Okay. Yeah. So yep. So if you have heard God's calling, I think we need to learn to respond like Isaiah when God say, "Whom shall I send and who will go for us?" We should boldly say, "Here am I, send me." And let him uh, let God equip us as we go along. There's no way you can say, you equip me 100% first night. Even going to seminary also, it's not going to equip you 100%. It get you ready. It's almost like a basic military training. Eh? You go out oh, already, have to come back, re-service one. Right? Uh, that, that is how it is in ministry. Nobody say that oh, I'm going to finish the training just like that. Right? And every day of life, we have to continue. Because this calling cycle is going to go on and on in our life in um, seminary theology Malaysia um, uh, that is the calling uh, and the mission of the seminary to facilitate full-time workers and later on uh, we add lay people also because nowadays uh, not necessarily people go to seminary not necessarily all want to become pastor one they just want to be equipped for Christian service okay so we add lay people also to grow in Christian maturity and train them for ministry and service. So, first and foremost, spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, character development, so that we are capable to actually serve God's people. When you go to uh, what you call fly uh, on a plane, uh, if you are bringing a small kid with you or something like that, a minor, uh, you, you know the security briefing, right? They tell you, Okay, if there is, uh, what do you call this, uh, gas mask fall on there, you put the oxygen mask, you help yourself first, then you help the others, right? Okay, so I think the first step uh, in training is we must train to help ourselves first. If you cannot even help yourself well, uh, don't talk about helping other people, am I right? Okay, so that, that is the first thing about training. Now, Seminary Theology Malaysia started in 1979. And by now we have more than 1,500 uh, alumni serving all over the country. So this is an ecumenical uh, in, uh, uh, seminary. It started an, an uh, in a collaboration of five member churches, the Anglican Diocese of West Malaysia, the Methodist Church of Malaysia comprising of the Chinese Annual Conference, Trinity Annual Conference, and the Tamil Annual Conference. And there's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Malaysia, the Lutheran Church in Malaysia, and Gereja Presbyterian Malaysia. So these are the five member church right now uh, sitting on the council uh, to uh, manage the operation. So most of our students are uh, sent by this member church in preparation for ministry. So of course in a theological education circle, I think in most seminary, the model will be similar. Um, In the knowledge side, we will have training on the Bible and theology, which are Christian doctrines. And then we will have training in practical ministry, pastoral care, Christian education, evangelism and mission, and so on and so forth. And all this would be built upon a framework of spiritual formation through our chapel service, pastoral groups, community living, and so on and so forth, in order to shape the students' In terms of the character and the spiritual lives in preparation for pastoral or Christian ministry uh, so this is the community life in the whole community right now this year we I mean every year we have 80 to 100 this year we have about 76 students staying on campus with a total of about 40 faculty and staff so every day there will be around 100 over people are running around the campus right so so uh, we have activities like worship. We have three chapels a week uh, with Holy Communion, right? And then you have few education. Weekend, they will go to churches for practical education. Uh, on campus weekly, we have campus care. So the students actually have a duty roster to clean the campus together. That's a way of also training in terms of character building. And then, of course, uh, fellowship. Uh, Sports are uh, and things like that to build up the relationship with one another. Um, there are some uh, facilities in the campus. Uh, has you know, we have library and all the other places to facilitate all this activity. At this point, I'm gonna play a short video clip, uh, which is a song that we recorded. Oops, can you stop that first? Yep, this this is a video that uh, that we produced in the uh, early of the year last year uh, during the time of a severe cases of pandemic. So we, uh, the communication department produced this uh, bringing in students, uh, staff, faculty, and we all uh, made this video uh, as a means to encourage uh, everybody in a time when we are all under the stress of the pandemic. And in the video, you will see the site of our campus in Suramban and the students and how how the situation is. Yeah, please, thanks. Do I need to do anything? the hard work of our communication department with the cooperation of the student and the staff, everyone put together. So, um, lastly, talking about participation in, in, in theological education, if uh, uh, any Christian members or lay Christian would want to participate, maybe you ask, how do I come in? Basically, you can come for classes, right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, we have a TE center here. We have classes run in uh, uh, FMC itself, right? So you could get in touch with uh, the pastors and uh, uh, the, the, the leaders to know how to uh, enroll in the TE classes. Uh, we, you can look at our website and there are classes that we offer now and it is a time since the pandemic, there are a lot of opportunities. Basically, classes go online. You don't have to fly there anymore. You can go online classes and, and, and so on and so forth. So that, That's in a way also would be a channel for us to do some soul searching perhaps to begin to answer some question about yeah god are you calling me to do something or something like that right so that that would be a way and of course we need a lot of prayers for christian communities to pray for the seminary this is a spiritual ministry that i often say uh, there's nothing that I could do on my own or, or, or inhumanly possible to make this work it has to be a spiritual efforts all of us together to pray through this finance is definitely a resources that uh, the Christian communities can help seminaries with uh, for STM we have uh, programs that we call STM partner and STM friends uh, SDM partners are basically Christian organizations and churches who participate, and uh, they would commit at least 1,000 uh, contributions to the seminary for financial support each year. So, uh, our largest supporting churches right now, the largest number come from the Chinese annual conference of the uh, Methodist Church of Malaysia. Uh, almost all the churches are SDM partners and contributing, and they are strong supporters. We have some very strong supporters and long-term relationship uh, friends in Sarawak too, right? STM friend is individuals who would like to say commit 300 ringgit a year of uh, contribution to STM. So you could actually sign up and as STM friends, we we extend some uh, well, you call benefits. Like for instance, you can go for uh, you can go for audit class, uh, free of auditing class and. You, you will receive uh, uh, our uh, newsletters and prayer items and things like that to update so that you, you are uh, with us in the journey. So uh, these are some of the programs that we we have in place for you to participate uh, with STM in the Ministry of Theological Education. So if, if you are already STM friends, I... Thank you. uh, And FMC has supported us uh, 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 quite frequently, but I think not signed up yet as a STM partner. So uh, with your actually, I mean, whether you're a partner or not, you're already supporting. uh, So I was thinking might as well just, you know, uh, register as partner or something like that so that we can keep you in mind and then we, we send our news to you. Frequently. Uh. So, uh, yeah, if, if you in a way would want to contribute, right, we have our counter at the back. Our staff can, con- uh, what you call, explain to you further in terms of how you actually get yourself uh, participating in the STM Friend and Partner program. Uh, for TEE, our director of English TEE is here, Haiyan. Uh, so, you can see her waving her hands. She'll be over there also if you want to know a little bit more about. Uh, theological Education by extension of STM and FMC actually has a center and we have produced quite a number of graduates uh, over the years, right? Uh, so uh, that's our STM friends. And uh, if you would like to support us by your uh, financial contribution, we have already got this Do It Now facility. So you're using e-wallet, you could just actually do a QR code and then actually give contribution uh, uh, as you like right? and as you are moved by God. Right? So I thank you for your attention and thank you for this time to be able to share with you. May God bless FMC and we will hope to come back again to visit you from time to time. Right? Thank you very much.